up, Craig? Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice of the Numbers, your statistics in sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corbin Heller. And today we're going to run a whole gamut of topics today, talking about stuff in the NFL, uh, plenty of stuff in the NFL, um, some baseball stats and history stuff for fun, um, and pick our movies for Monday's episode. So we've got a lot to talk about, which is nice. Uh, You ready to get started? I'm very much ready to get started. Then let's get started. I guess since today is technically the stats episode, let's start off with that um yeah so i was running a bunch of queries in uh the baseball reference play index because i've been having uh, a ball doing it and i wanted to know what the all-time single season hit record was and do you have any impression of what that number is the all-time single season hit record yes um i don't actually Give me, uh, give me a does, guess. Does, does Ichiro have it? Ichiro um, does not. Oh, I closed that at the tab. I don't think he does, but he's dangerously close. Um, man, I guess I'll say two eighty-five. I don't think anyone has. Like, I, I don't want to say it's over three hundred if that's a milestone that hasn't been met. But at it's the same not time, over three hundred. I'll say two eighty-five. So. That would even be high. Um, although feels very reasonable, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that's what a, a hit and a half essentially per game. Sorry, by the way, it is Ichiro. I uh, I had closed the tab out. It was Ichiro. Uh, it's two sixty two by Ichiro Suzuki. Two thousand four season. So I'm going to read out the top five here. I'll read out the top six here, actually. I'll give the year and the um, the total. So George Sizzler in 1920 hit 257. Bill Terry in 1930 hit 254, which ties Lefty O'Doul um, in his 1929 campaign, 254. Al Simmons in 1925 hit 253. And Chuck Klein hit 250 in 1930. Now, mm-hmm. 1930 ended up being a weird year because so... You know how baseball reference looks. If a number is bolded, that means it led it led the league that year, right? Mm-hmm. So the first five people, Ichiro, George Sizzler, Bill Terry, Lefty O'Doul, and Al Simmons, all their numbers are bold. All of them led the league in hits that year. Chuck Klein didn't, 1930, because Bill Terry did. And you look down the list, and then like the next four people, all their numbers are in bold. Hornsby, Cobb, Sizzler again, Ichiro again. And then you have Babe Herman, whose number also isn't bolded. Because it was also 1930. And so three three of the top 11 uh, hit seasons of all time were 1930. And I thought that was just fascinating. So I needed to learn more. Um, we'll get <laughs> into that in a second. But I want to deviate back to talk about this 2004 campaign by Ichiro that I'm just so sure we've talked about already. Because it's Ichiro and it's the hit season um yeah i'm sure we talked about it when he retired oh absolutely how 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 well give me a guess of what you think his ops was that year uh 750 (laughs) wow you really 
just knife to the gut there. Uh, Eight sixty nine. It's just, I mean, Ichiro is a slap hitter. It, I know we've talked about this, but I don't remember what like the numbers, the ratio was. But like, he hit a lot of doubles, but he never really hit home runs. So no, in I fact, I don't think his OPS would be that high. I mean, it's all singles, so that's kind of what I was going with at the seven seven fifty. So out of his 262 hits, 24 of them were doubles, five were triples, and eight were home runs. Yeah. Uh, he was also intentionally walked 19 times that season, which led the league. Damn. Um, he had a 372 batting average, which led the league. There are several How... uh, over 400 batting averages on this list, by the way. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, George Sizzler, uh, the number two guy in, two fifth, in, in uh, 1920, 407 batting average is, Bill there a, net, is there a minimum like plate appearances there's not but that's because the, they don't need it they don't have they have all the hits you know they have 257 hits george wow. sizzler that year led the league in at bats yeah. jesus christ yeah we have um i see 419 by ty cobb in 1911 420 by george sizzler in 1922 uh, there's some crazy 440 by Hugh Duffy in eight, uh, 1894. Fuck out of here. Do you know um, the last time someone hit over 400? I believe it was Ted Williams. Like ever? Like yeah. Ted Williams in the 50s? Yeah, because um, there was a whole big thing where Tony Gwynn wow. hit 394? The 394 or 396, one of those even numbers. Um in the 1940 in, in 1994 and there was like looking quite possible that he was going to get to be the first batter since ted williams to hit 400 but then the 1940 season ended abruptly because of the strike and he ended up not being able to get that 400 batting average wow that's 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 wow yeah yeah. Uh, so 1941 was the last time someone hit over uh, 400. Ted Williams, he hit 406, which is just fucking stupid. And yeah. 406 with yeah. a 1287 OPS, because he also led all the baseballs and home runs that season. Oh God, this is right an insane list. Oh yeah. So there's That's... only been 35 people who have, or 35 seasons, I should say, that someone has hit over 400. Which, you know, there's been what twenty three perfect games. Yeah, this isn't that much of a stretch, especially considering it's a full season event. It's a full season accolade. Wow, right? That's fucking nuts. And that's the thing is like batting average doesn't matter unless it's really high or really low, and even then it only matters because it's fun. Like. Right. No one cares if you're batting 285 because, like, th that's nice. Uh, but people care a lot if you're batting 125. <laughs> and people care a lot if you're batting 380. Yeah, no kidding. But, like, no one cares if you're batting, like, 304, you know? So do you, Go ahead. do you think, uh, since Mike Trout just seems to be able to just focus on one thing every season and just improve on it, just at sheer will do you think if he just decided hey i'm gonna give up trying to hit long balls i'm just gonna hit for contact choke up on the bat every time do you think he could get close to hitting 400 or do you think there'd be someone else currently that 
if that's what they were focusing on for the entire season could do it? Well, you know what? That's actually a really, really good question because players throughout all of like baseball history got brought up with the mindset of, you know, have a level swing actually back in the, back in the day, you know, like early 1900s, it was swing downwards chop called the Baltimore chop to try to get ground balls so that you could try to just leg out the infielders to try mm-hmm. to get infield singles. And then it became have a more level swing to get line drives. And now we're in the age of, you know, swing it upwards to try to put the ball in the air. And honestly, if you told me that Mike Trout was committed to like stop hitting home runs and just try to hit singles and doubles, uh, just because he's seemingly able to force himself to do whatever the fuck he wants. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> like he probably fucking could. But, and, and it also makes me wonder if like there's other people who maybe could too. Not really. It's really, really fucking hard. But it's just interesting that like we're probably never going to see it again. Not only because again it's super fucking hard but also it's just like that's not how we train people to play baseball anymore which is partially sad because it's you know it's a part of baseball history that's you know there's 35 seasons it's been 80 years since the last one was you know uh i I guess completed since uh, it was achieved Um, and that's something where just, unless the game changes just drastically and the rules of the game change, uh, it's gone forever. So yeah, it's bittersweet because at the same time, if if someone had a 400 hit season, that would be really cool. But that would also mean, you know, their OPS would be 800. It wouldn't be anything super exciting. It would just. I think I enjoy this style of baseball that we have in this current era better than I would enjoy watching 1887 baseball. Yeah, it's one of those things that's tough because I want home runs because a single home run is like way more fun than watching a dude hit two singles. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, watching your entire team, watching everyone get like three singles a game. I mean, that's that's a lot of hits like that sounds great. But you're right. I wouldn't want to go all the way back to like 1890s baseball where everyone's just swinging down and just trying to run faster than the third baseman can. I just wonder if it's something that even if our batters were brought up from an early age to hit for average instead of hit for power, if they could even keep up with that quote unquote 400 average as the goal when ball movement nowadays is insane you know there are some pitches where there could be a foot of movement or a foot of drop on a curveball or a slider and i can't say i know off the top of my head or even if it's something we can know what ball movement was like back when ted williams was playing back in the 1930s and 40s and um you know maybe even before then so it would be cool to be able to go back and see what it would be like if that is as big of an issue or as big of a as prominent of a, a a feature i guess uh in the two different styles of play but it would be something to see because i mean i don't know you watch adam out of you know you watch Chaz Rowe and how much fucking movement they get on their sliders can 
a guy hit for 400 consistently when they're seeing those crazy types of pitches. That's one of the things that always makes you think of like fun shit you could add to the all-star game. Like how cool would it be to see like um, everyone takes turns against, I don't know, pick your pitcher, uh, but they throw like the same pitch 10 times in a row and uh, all-star batters just have to like play the contact game where it's like no fielders, just like if you make contact, you call it a hit and you see who has the best average. So it's like Clayton Kershaw is going to come out and he's going to throw 10 curveballs and you just got to try your best and they do it bracket style like they do the home run derby you know and then uh and then blake snell is going to come out and throw 10 sliders in a row and like you got to see how you do on it um <laughs> so you know what pitch is coming like the astros um and you just got to like see if you can put bat to ball that sounds fun i've always thought another fun one would be um uh beat the beat the the shift where they have like a, an acceptable place where the ball can land and batters just have to hit it there. Mm-hmm. So, like, they'll mark the territory well, um, that balls can be hit, and then then batters get points for hitting those spots. I know they've have that in Japan in the past. I don't know if they yes, still do that. Yes, it's super fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I saw it with bunting specifically, which was incredible to watch. Just being uh, able to see guys just bunt balls so perfectly, uh, and I've seen them doing uh, where they have kind of like targets out on stands throughout the infield and guys have to hit balls to knock down these targets in order it's super cool to watch insanely entertaining um that would be like having a an nhl skills competition or i guess the new pro bowl skills competition for football having that in baseball for all-star weekend maybe lengthen all-star weekend a little bit while you're at it that'd be pretty fucking cool fuck yeah i mean uh, you know what i take that back that... don't lengthen all-star weekend that's already a tough weekend as is yeah Just i definitely pack the... everything together. <laughs> definitely think the mlb is lacking in skills competition stuff so they could definitely use it um have all right uh, here's an idea just i need you to hear me out go ahead have the all-star have the home run derby and this skills competition happen in like I don't know. I don't want to say like uh I guess like a uh, Oakland where you could fit two diamonds on either end of the football field and just have them going across the field towards each other. So you have these long ass balls going over the top of these super precision hits going on and just have everything happen at the same time. Fuck safety. That is hot chaos. Mm-hmm. And we deserve and we that. like that. No, <laughs> Anyway, shit. Um, out of all the the, the batsmen mm-hmm. to have more than 200 hits, that is the only qualification, the only batter to have more than 200 hits in a season, what do you think the highest OPS is in that Ooh. season? Uh, 923. 923? would put you at um 112th really yes the best ops wow. season by a batter with more than 200 hits oh Lou, 200 hits okay sorry Lou, Lou Gehrig's 1927 season a f- 1240 <laughs> ops he had um 
in 717 plate appearances, he had 218 hits, 52 doubles, which led the league, 18 triples, 47 home runs, 109 walks on uh, 84 strikeouts, which is nuts, uh, 10 stolen Holy bases, shit. a 373 batting average, 474 on base, 765 slugging. Uh, very good at baseball. Uh, yeah, Luke Eric, he's pretty good. So the only batter in the top 10 who played in the year 2000 or later was Todd Helton's 2000 uh, Colorado campaign in which he hit 216 hits and had an 1162 OPS. Outside of that, the next most recent season, number 14 on this list, Albert Pujols's 2003 okay. season. 23 years old, 212 hits, 1106 OPS. Yeah. Albert, uh, Albert Pujols, like Luke Gehrig, good at baseball. Yeah, there's a few of those guys who uh, <laughs> play the game of baseball and are also good at it. Um, every now and then, <laughs> a young man comes along. Uh, what do you think the most recent 200-hit season is? Ah, uh, man, it's got to be pretty recent, right? Yeah, I'm actually surprised it's not more recent, but yeah, it's recent. I'll say 2015. Uh, 2017. Damn. Yeah. I kind of like assumed this happens more frequently. It was Charlie Blackman. Apparently he's the only one who did it. Um, yeah. Two hundred. It's a weird name to, for me to think I never would have guessed Charlie Blackman would have the most recent 200 hit season. He's actually up there quite a bit just cause like he bats lead off. So lots of opportunities and he Mm -hmm. plays in cores, which I'm not saying means anything much but it's a humongous outfield and lends itself a lot to singles um after that like a lot like you know jose altuve and mookie bats both did it in 2016 jose altuve did it in 2014 wow Derek jeter did it in 2012 which feels both forever ago and yesterday yeah Um, was that his final season no he played in 2014 i believe was his last season okay although i'll get crucified if i get it wrong Uh, anyway um i had another thing and now i am on the desperate quest to find it amongst all of the tabs <laughs> i have open do you know that's why you don't have a hundred tabs open at one time a hundred would be cutting it down from how many i have open right now do you, are you disgusting. know who uh, huey jennings is my friend um no what state do you think huey jennings was born in um montana uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Oh shit! I was very far off. Born in Pittston, Pennsylvania, in 1869. Um, Huey Jennings, a Hall of Famer with 42.3 career, career WAR, played from 1891 to 1918. At the ripe old age of 49, he played in one game with Detroit. Um, he leads all of baseball in history in one thing, which is why we're talking about him today. Would you like to guess what that thing is? Um, leads. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Hit by pitch. God damn it. That was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> Fuck me. How many times did you think he was hit by a pitch? 400 times. Not that many. This number sounds much smaller now. 287. 
That's still an outrageous number. Yeah, right? Oh, I'm so upset with myself. So I'm going to read to you his hit by pitches by season. Um, in his first season, he was hit nine times and then nine and then four and then one and then three and then 27. That was the year he started sleeping around with all the other players' wives. 32, 51, 46, 46, 19, (sighs) 2, 0, 17, 20, 12, 11, 1, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. Do you think he eventually just got tired and just like kind of lined up at the back edge of the batter's box, just in the back left corner, just as far away from the plate as he could, just started seeing ghosts and was scared of the ball coming at him? I don't even know. It's (laughs) fucking dumb. In five years, five years, he got hit 202 times. Oh, my God. That's it. That's five years. That's all it took. I mean, I so just looking at his stats i have to assume it might be because he was good um like in that time frame he batted 361 with a 140 ops plus and a 923 ops which is very good there's also a 400 batting season in there which is how i found him um because 400 a 401 batting average is super fucking high and i was like 51 hit by pitches in a 400 batting season what the fuck um, but here we are sitting at 287. That's so many hit by pitches. It's too many hit by pitches. How do you like, how does your body hold together being hit that many times with a baseball? Well, luckily this was probably still, no, this was still the dead ball era. So the baseball okay. might've been like softer, but that still seems like just a lot, right? Uh, like if I got hit by a pitch in like a major league setting, my week is over. Like I'm on bed rest. I probably can't walk if it hits me in the leg. No, nope, like, as Ethan would say, ruin my day. I've been best friends with that man for like six years. I can't say I remember him ever saying that. And you now never I heard feel Ethan bad. just say, uh, oh, ruin my day. Yikes. I'm a bad friend. Bad. Yeah. Friend. By the way, just um, for perspective, uh, that it, he had 3,007 plate appearances in those five years, which uh-huh. put him at a... Uh, wait, hold on. Actually, I did the... Did I do the math wrong? I don't think I did the math wrong. Um, hold on. I deleted it now, and now this is taking too long. All right. <laughs> he got hit in 6.9% of his plate appearances. Ooh, that's, that's a high number. Yeah. like That's like an okay walk rate. Yeah. Like, you know, actually, you know, what's crazy. He had more hit by pitches than walks. No way. He had 200 walks in that five years. He had 202 hit by pitches. No way. That's outrageous. He had more hit by pitches than he had um, uh, sacrifice hits, strikeouts, walks, home runs, triples, and doubles. Um, That's insane. Listen, I know we always talk about how weird baseball can get. Baseball, we don't know what's going to happen with this season. It's already weird already. Can you just be the most normal, 
just vanilla basic bitch season just so we can get like a control for this just figure out what normal is for once because having guys keep being hit with the ball more than they can take a walk is just that is the straw that broke the camel's back for me done with weird baseball uh, I would like you to guess what team our man Huey Jennings played for at the start of his career. The Pittsburgh Pirates. The Louisville Colonels. Wait, 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 wait. The Louisville Kentucky Colonels? Is the, this a KFC branded team? Dude, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> um, it gets better because they finished 63 and 89. So they finished ninth in the National League. Their manager for the first part of the year was Jack Chapman, who posted a 21 and 33 record, but then got replaced by Fred Pfeffer <laughs> with a 42 and 56 record. And for reference, Fred Pfeffer God. is spelled F R E D. P-F-E-F-F-E-R, which is too many Fs. That's so many Fs. I, I need to pull back on what I just said a minute ago. Hearing Fred Pfeffer being the manager <laughs> for a team just reminded me how fun weird baseball is. So I, I immediately regret going on that little rant. I am sorry. Keep baseball weird. <laughs> Fred, fucking Fred Pfeffer, man. Fred Pfeffer. Um, I wonder if the Louisville... Um, Colonels like became a different team. Um, they realized they can make more money by opening up a restaurant. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Uh, I don't, think they, I don't think they did. I think this is it. I damn, yeah, no, they just stopped existing. They were in the National League and then they were like, We don't, cho- we, we choose to not exist, and then stopped. Uh, what position do you think Huey Jennings played? Uh, right field. Ah, close. Shortstop. Mm, not close at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I found him because there are. Um, well, I found twenty six, uh, over four hundred batting average seasons. So I don't know why there's a discrepancy between the number you said and the number I have, but that doesn't matter. What do you think's the highest, and how much do you think it is? Uh, batting average. Yes. 441. 440. Damn. Damn. With a 502 on base percentage, a 694 slugging, a good for an 1196 OPS. 1894's Hugh Duffy is uh, king of the batting champs. Uh, also, there is Tip O'Neill, Nap LeJoie, Rogers Hornsby, and Willie Keeler. And wow, these names are dumb. So I think I figured out the discrepancy. Why is that? Um, how many numbers did you say you had? Uh, I how have many 26. Numbers? 26. It looks like there's one, two, three, four, five, six. It looks like there's six listings on Baseball Almanac from 1887, and the league is AA. I don't know if that's the same double A as we have today. Um, no, I have those. Are those Tip O'Neill and Pete Browning? Are yeah. Yeah, no, I have those two. Because their batting, their raw average is 485, 457, and then there's a 456 ahead of Hugh Duffy's 440. Really? Yeah. This is fascinating. 
Point being, 1800s baseball is stupid and shouldn't count. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you ever see the Conan O'Brien video that he does on timey baseball? I have. Yeah. It's great. Really great. Really great. Wholesome fun for the whole family. <laughs> anyway, so I had referenced earlier this 1930s, uh, this 1930 season hit race. And it seemed so incredible to have so many players in the top 10 uh, or top 15 um, most hittingest seasons all time. I wanted to see what the record was for most players in a season to hit more than 200 hits. What do you think that that season is and how many players do you think got more than 200 hits that year? Is it 1887? It is not 1887. Well, then I don't have any idea. Uh, 1924. No. Uh, the most hitting a season actually was 1930. 19, really? In 1930, 20 different players hit 200 hits or more. How many? 20. Wow. Yeah. That's a fuck ton of people. Uh, the second most, the second most was 1929 when 19 people did it. Uh, there's only 10 seasons of 10 or more batters all hitting 200 or more hits. It was the 1923 season, 1920, 1921, 1921, 1937, 1935, and that's the most. Yeah. No kidding. So I put together a little graph just because I was curious, and that's sort of the thing I sent you. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple other tabs that have uh, the raw data in it, which you're certainly free to peruse. But I took the, uh, I think, six or seven, uh, seven top guys, just because I kind of wanted to get Lou Gehrig in there. and graphed out what their hits look like over the course of the season because that was that was a real a real race you know like in 1930 um it was bill terry had the most hits with 254 but chuck klein had 250 like he was right there babe herman had 241 and then freddie lindstrom had 231 which isn't as many it's still it's 23 hits away from bill terry but Freddie Lindstrom and Bill Terry were both on the same New York Giants team, which is kind of fascinating uh, that those two dudes together put up nearly 500 hits. Uh, and if you look at the graph, Bill Terry, who is in blue on our graph, actually didn't lead the lead. It didn't lead baseball in hits almost at all until the end of the end of the season when he kind of just pulled away. He led for like a little bit around between games like 19 and 30. But after that, he was between second and third all the way until game like one. I don't know. What is that? Like 106 ish, 110 ish. And then he ended up staying there because 
o- only because Chuck Klein's production really fell off after um again what number are we gonna call this guy right here uh game 98 so yeah i thought this was kind of a nifty thing a lot of guys were on pace to 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 end up taking the crown here and bill terry just kind of snuck on in on the back end yeah i love seeing these kinds of kinds of graphs especially when you can kind of animate them uh um, i would love to animate it i wish i knew yeah. how i'm gonna have to look i honestly don't know I really don't know. Where there's a will, there's a way. Um, but yeah, it's it's it just it's just so cool to see this little interchanging world of possibilities. Like Lou Gehrig was never really in it. He was he he could have very reasonably finished like fifth, maybe on this chart instead of seventh. But you know he was doing uh, um other types of hitting at the time. Uh, in 1930, uh, uh, Lou Gehrig hit 41 home runs, which is stupid. Uh, Hack Wilson in 1930 hit 56, which is also stupid as shit. I don't like that. It's crazy. Um, whereas, you know, Bill Terry was no Bill Terry hit. Oh no. He hit 23 Chuck Klein though, man, Chuck Klein. What a season. 250 hits, uh, 59 doubles led let all the baseball eight triples, which is fine. 40 home runs, which is awesome. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's pretty cool stuff. So yeah, that's the 1930s hit race and that's fun with baseball stuff. This week's edition of fun with baseball stuff brought to you by the good folks at Josh Tracy's quarantine. Unfortunately, they are not a paying sponsor, so they will not be welcome back on this show. Uh, they they do pay for the uh, transistor fee once every other month. Touche, touche. Uh, that is all I have in fun with baseball stats for the day. Shall we discuss other things, or do you have anything else to say on fun with baseball thing? Uh, I'm kind of ready to start making fun of some NFL teams. Oh God, let's get into it. Fuck these jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so two teams uh, unveiled new uniforms over the past couple days. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, one team did really, really well, and it was not the team I was expecting. Um, man, the, the Buccaneers, I really thought they were going to fuck it up. But then again, I guarantee you Tom Brady saw these ahead of time and was... I have to think that this was going to be a factor in him coming to Tampa Bay because there's no way Tom Brady was going to come wear some fucking bullshit ass uniform for his final couple seasons. Um, But they are, they are gorgeous. They are honestly one of my favorite jerseys in the NFL right now. Um, Just it's, a traditional look. It's got the classic block letters. It's got some just it's clean all around. Uh they shrunk the logo on the helmets just a little bit. Um, they have just a, a really nice contrast with the numbers and the colors with the jerseys. I really don't have any complaints. No, I I, I don't think um Buccaneers or 
general NFL fans ever had a problem with like the Bucks color scheme or no, no, no. anything? I think the main complaint I've always seen from people in regards to the Bucks uniforms was the um, digital alarm clock numbers. And mm. that has been corrected. They now look like numbers. It's really nice. They, they look like how you would expect jerseys to kind of eventually slowly evolve over time. Just a newer, fresher look that mm-hmm. is very akin to what they previously had just touched up and changed like, like a, a bit. Um, they, they look, they look really solid. They look clean. They're simple. Uh, again, the numbers finally look like numbers. Um, it's the first thing that catches the eye. It really is, honestly. It, like when when I heard they were getting new new um, jerseys, it was the first thing I looked for. Uh, because God, these other ones just look so gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, these look great. I've always been a fan of their helmet design, which, as you said, stayed pretty much the same. Like, mm-hmm. no, these are really nice. If I was a Tampa Bay fan, I think I'd be going out right now to invest in one of these jerseys because this is the style that's going to stay for a long time because it doesn't need any fixing. If you this were, is it. This this is exactly what they're going to have for the next 20, 30 years. If Both you were a Bucks fan, would you get a Tom Brady jersey? I don't think I would. I don't I, think I would either. I, I mean, at, on one hand, it's Tom Brady and like, if he's here for two years and then leaves at the end of the day, it's, it's a nifty little Tom Brady Jersey. That's like a piece of history. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'd have to really think about it because there are definitely some more deserving players. Like personally, I'd get Chris Godwin cause he's a Penn Stater. Like that's an easy buy for me, but I, I definitely would have to debate getting a Tom Brady one. I would like to shout out all Jets fans that purchased a Brett Favre jersey. What were you <laughs> thinking? Uh, <laughs> Fucking idiots. That you is know, an excellent if point. On, if you go on eBay and you, because I, I, you know, I peruse every now and then to see what's there. If you go on eBay and look up Jets jersey, the two most common jerseys you see are Mark Sanchez which is actually understandable. It was a big thing at the time. Uh And Brett Favre. And it's like, who bought all the fucking Brett Favre jerseys? Why are there so many? It's been like 12 years. Why are there so many Brett Favre jerseys? Did you really think? I remember at the time thinking to myself, oh, fuck. Like, it it was guaranteed not to work out. And I'm not (laughs) saying Tom Brady's not going to work out in Tampa. I'm just saying, like, Y'all got better players that are like Tampa dudes, you know, uh-huh. unless Tom Brady like wins MVP and the Super Bowl in the same season and leaves like a historic lasting impact on Tampa Bay. Don't buy the Tom Brady jersey. Oh, God, it, it just would be so funny to have like he's if he plays his two years here and then retires. I feel like because Tom Brady is, in fact, Tom Brady. What? It would like transcends it being a shitty football jersey like at the end of the day it's like yeah i'm a tampa bay fan remember that time we had tom brady on our team that's ridiculous like it it stands out in history as just being like one of those yeah that happened again i I would like to point at jets brett Favre jerseys (laughs) as the poster child (sighs) of this 
but like Tom, or I'm sorry, Brett Favre, like he played in Minnesota. He played in other places. You know, he didn't Atlanta. win. What was that? Atlanta. He played in Atlanta. Yeah, I forgot he got drafted by them. I always forget he get, got drafted by them. Um, but I don't know. It's one of those things. Again, I'd, I'd have to really think about it. A, a fair point, but I would also say that any any Vikings fan that also has a Brett Favre Vikings jersey is also an idiot. <laughs> and I understand that he was better for the Vikings than he was for the Jets, but you're still a fucking idiot. You and got like, it. And I'm speaking and- to every Vikings fan that has this shit buried in their closet or at the bottom of a drawer. You got it because you wanted to, like you know a Packers fan and you're like, oh, this will piss him off. And then you <laughs> bought it and you wore it and you're like, ha, ha, ha. How does it feel to have Vikings legend Brett Favre playing for the Vikings now? Fuck you, Terry. And Terry was like, you spent $100 on this really shitty joke. And you were like, fuck you, Terry. I got Brett Favre on the Vikings. And 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 that was it. That's why you bought it. That's why you still have it. You never got rid of it because you. every time you see it, you're like, fucking Terry. And, and it's it's a um, shit jersey to have. You should you should so many better jerseys. Buy Fran Tarkington. It's a way better jersey. End of rant. At least Brett Favre on the Vikings almost won them a Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. He was better. I will give you that. He was much better for the Vikings than the Jets, which really just means the Jets are worse than the Vikings as a franchise, which is all. <laughs> uh, more Super Bowls, though. Yes, yes, by one. <laughs> and three uh, would fewer you... appearances. Would you make any changes to these Bucks uniforms? Uh, no, not a one. Um, no, because I, 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 I like the three different versions. I'm so glad they didn't go with an all black version. It's so played out now. Uh-huh. The fact that Jets like, have be sad, but yeah, these all look great. There, there are teams that should have all black, like the Panthers. We'll talk about Atlanta. Atlanta should have an all black because yeah, they've had there. the black uniforms Forever. in their history a long time. Um. I feel like the the pewter color, the their gray dark jerseys. I don't know, like it it just looks a little too brown to me almost. I kind of probably would have changed the the tint, the shade of that. I don't know how I want to phrase that. Just a little bit. But at the end of the say, day, I can see I, it like going towards yeah. gold or going towards silver, but I understand why it's the color it is. Yeah, like I I have it's not a big deal in the slightest. Um, yeah, I think Atlanta on the other hand, clean as shit. Oh God, Atlanta, it's so bad. It's wow, so, just oh. it's something that I would expect out of like the XFL. Um, you know, like the the trend with cars a couple years ago. I know, like Lexus, it was big with where it was. How big of a grill can we put on this car? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what the Atlanta like ATL looks like to me. It's just there's no way it could be any bigger on that jersey. And it's why ATL. All right, why? so I will start with a compliment. The helmets look nice. Oh, the helmets with the old logo. Gorgeous. Yeah, great. Big love fan. it to death. It, it's matte black except for the logo, which is glossy, and that is such a sharp look. That love, is love to see the that. absolute perfect way I would have designed. Like, if we redesigned these jerseys ourselves, 
that is what I would have started with, and that's exactly how I would have designed them. 100%. Now, for the jersey (laughs) itself, I would like to offer you this word to how I would probably describe them. Mm -hmm. Cheap. They They look really cheap. Yeah, they, they look, do. They look like a bad Alibaba fake. Like, <laughs> they, I, and it's, it's funny, but I'm also being completely like these look so fucking fake. And we just talked about it with the Buccaneers. It's the numbers. The numbers are they shit. are like you said. The, the ATL worst, is bizarre. The colors the worst numbers I've seen in, in the NFL. This fucking stupid little point on the on the top of the two on Matt Ryan's mm-hmm. jersey is the dumbest looking thing it's like it's the racing stripe on the side only under the underarm uh, it's it's and and like you said the atl and the fact that like the 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 two and the atl i'm very sure are sewn on but also look just steam pressed is just or heat pressed It, it 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 looks so bad you know what it looks like to me though when i look at it with the atl it looks what? like an intern or somebody, someone somewhere in the organization said, hey, um, the NBA has this really cool thing called um, city edition jerseys where they like have like nicknames for the city. Um, what if we put like something like that on ours and had it look a little bit more like an NBA jersey? Because honestly, if you took away like the collar of this and the sleeves, this works a lot better as an NBA jersey, mm-hmm. but sure. it's not, and it looks like shit. The numbers and the ATL lettering are just so bargain. Just it's just it's so distracting that you don't even notice that the rest of the jersey is very close to perfect. I have yeah, no complaints. I love the rest of the jersey on all of them, on the home, away, alternates, whatever, it, except for one that we'll talk about. I think they're fantastically done and exactly how I would have done them. My God, it's just you fucked up the most, in, arguably the most important part. It's the first thing you see and you can't look at anything else. Um. This is how I feel with the the Jets' new uniforms, where it's like, and I don't know what Atlanta fans were asking for with the with the jersey redesign. Like I knew what Jets fans were asking for this, but I all I was going to say, it, I it cannot be this. And I guarantee you, there was some like small minor change that they were like, this is the only like I, with Jets fans, it was give us the Kelly Green back, mm-hmm. and and either an old edition of the logo or something more minimalistic. And what the Jets went with was a brand new shade of green, which I'm not a fan of, but can understand wanting, and a minimalistic version of the shit logo that we've always had, which is a relatively football-shaped oval with the word Jets in it. And it's tacky and terrible. It's so bad. I can't imagine anyone wanted that. And that's what this feels like. It feels like someone was like, we need to have Atlanta be more present as a force. All right, let's just slap a few letters on the chest and call it a day and uh oh by the way let's fuck up the numbers while we're here and that's what they got i'm just so disappointed and it's i forget what the the nfl rule is for how often you can change your jerseys but it's going to be something like five years before they can fix this 
It's bad. And you know what? We haven't even started to talk about the fucking gradient jerseys that look like they're wearing their pants at their fucking belly button. Oh, yeah, that batch of fucking stupidity. The gradient jersey could have been such a cool idea, and I really actually team did something more creative like that, like how the uh Jags are. But, like, you're right. It looks like like they're wearing their pants up to their navel like everyone's grandfather. Like... Everyone universally agreed that when the Jags put out their uh, last jerseys with the gradient black to art, black to gold, it was a really cool idea that was just super poorly executed because it was such a hard switch. Like there was no real, uh, I forgot the terminology that I used to know from like Photoshop, but like the gradient wasn't gradual. It was very quick in changing of the colors. And everyone was like, yeah, dude, if it was more gradual of a change, it'd be totally fine and honestly be pretty cool. This has the exact same issue where it's just, you could see it the way Brady Jarrett is standing in the pictures, every single picture. He has his arms across his waist and it makes it look like it was a bad Photoshop because above his arms is a completely different color than below his arms and you can't tell that they're shaded together i'm just so disappointed yeah yeah man i mean it's it's ugly it's just ugly it 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 looks like when you're a kid and your mom buys you like a like a spiffy outfit for the first day of third grade and you look mm-hmm. like the fucking dweeb you all these guys look like oh. dweebs all these guys look like their mom bought them new jerseys, but they were knockoffs, and all their friends are going to think that they're fucking dweebs. Also, uh, yeah. Um, with the numbers, if they were just, if they were flat lettering, if it was flat lettering with an outline, sure, that's totally fine. But it has that stupid ass clip art, word art, like effect where it makes it look 3D by having shading only on one side it's so bad i just i it is unbelievable how much i despise these jerseys the alternate throwbacks like uh the picture you just sent me it's the one i think it's calvin Ridley is wearing yeah 16 18 whatever uh, i think it's 18 oh actually yeah, um, it is 18. those look great that's exactly I what to, i wanted that is i was about to ask about that exactly what i would have wanted them to be that one it looks so much better. The numbers look normal and it's missing the ATL. That's yep. to be. If they told me that that is their home Jersey and that the rest of these are just different alternates, this takes it from like a four change to like a six. Cause yeah. I can accept seeing that Jersey eight times a year. And oh, the rest cool. of these is just, oh. it's so clean. God, what have we talked about the Rams logo yet? Oh my god, we haven't. That's the exact same boat. Where that is just... You took something that really wasn't bad at all, and you just fucking... It's it's um, awful. It, it's For anyone unaware, uh, you can obviously just go fucking Google it, uh, but it's, it's, it's the letters L-A, and the right-hand side of the A curves around to make what is supposed to be a ram's horn and Mm -hmm. it looks tacky it looks super tacky 
it does not look good. Um, and it's again, it looks like something lot. out of the AFL. It does. It just looks. It also looks impractical as a piece of apparel. Like, oh, like if you look at it on hats, because there's already hats with it on it. The hats look shitty. Like, it doesn't uh-huh. look like a hat I'd want to own. And it sounds like a weird thing to say about NFL or any sports team logos, but the logos need to look good on clothes. Otherwise, people aren't going to buy them. Yeah. God, it's this is the worst logo in, in the NFL by far now, right? Can you think of anything that's this bad? Uh, well, the Jets' new logo I still think is so fucking awful. And it gives, why can't you give us one reason to like this team? Um, but. <laughs> Sorry. Outside of that, no, this is the worst. This this is definitely the worst. It's it's, it, it's they, just, they had too much fun with it. Like I'm so disappointed with it that like I don't even want to spend time talking on it because it it doesn't deserve any attention. I mean it it deserves people to shit on it, rightfully so. And I guess I just I love the old I guess the I, they're kind of new when they moved to LA. Just the the blue and white Ram logo that they've always had, just less colors. Um, I thought that was a great logo. I love that Ram logo. Um, and I thought this year when they changed their uniforms again, going to that navy blue and white, you know, change the helmets, have that be just a two color team, would be fantastic. I thought that would be super minimalistic super clean, super sharp, and they'd have some phenomenal uniforms. But like the Ram logo that they have now, not like the LA one, the picture of the Ram looks like it looks like a a preppy high school logo. I continuously think it's the Chargers logo. Yeah. You're this you're two teams in the same city. Why are you trying so hard to have the same colors? I know. Makes not a bit of sense. It again, like it doesn't need to be this this much. Like you're just it's just doing a lot, man. You're just doing a lot. Uh there's no there's no need to get this this fucking creative with it. I get you don't want to do, you know, like anything that resembles other famous LA brands. Like you don't want to do like something that has a relatively interlocking LA like you would with the Dodgers logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, but, oh, oh, <laughs> this is the best you got. I want to know how much these teams paid for this. So much. How much fucking money, how much time, effort, how many meetings went into coming up with this bullshit. And what were the other options? That's like, that's what drives me insane. Why in the world do you not put this shit up to a vote? I know. And let fans decide. Like, if it's really bad and fans are like, the internet takes over with this joke and tries to pick the worst one on purpose because the internet thinks it's funny. Okay, then you go in and it's like, all right, all right, we're going to get rid of that entry and the next one, next highest wins. That's not that difficult to do. I don't know why more teams don't utilize that. I want to talk about the Lakers logo because I don't understand why the Rams couldn't have just done this because it works for a team literally already in their own city. 
that they could have just kind of adopted the idea of. And for anyone unaware, like the main Lakers logo is a basketball. It's orange. It has the words Los Angeles Lakers in front of it in a nice looking font. And it's got a purple background. Um, sometimes it's gold. Sometimes it's orange. Basketballs are orange. Uh, the Lakers are gold. <laughs> sometimes it depends. Anyway, and then they have an alternate logo, which is just the L that has a little bit of streaking done to it again in front of a basketball for, for a smaller logo concept. And it's not fancy. It's a good fucking logo, though. Yeah, it's a nice looking logo. It's clean. It's simple. It's effective. And if the Rams just did something like this, but with like like their their spiral football helmet design in the background instead of a, instead of a basketball. Mm-hmm. And it said in their own type of font, Los Angeles Rams. And then you have a simplified version of the of the logo where it's got something else as a backdrop with a big letter R or something like that. Like there's better ideas in the world for logos. Don't be so fucking creative. Stop trying to reinvent the logo. It's just it's could you imagine if all teams had to force the thing their their um that their team represents into the lettering of their logo of of their uh, their mm-hmm. their their team? Like imagine if if Detroit had to fit a lion into D E T the same way the Rams are forcing a Rams horn into L A. Or like imagine if if the Patriots had to fit Pat the Patriot into the word patriot <laughs> the way that the rams are trying to force a ram horn into la or imagine if the tampa bay buccaneers had to force a pirate ship <laughs> into the word tampa bay buccaneer the way that the rams are forced it's stupid it's fucking stupid that would actually be really really funny <laughs> It'd be hilarious i'm not even gonna lie it's just dumb it's dumb um, and i hate it <laughs> that's you're preaching to the choir my friend I love how anytime um, sports jerseys come up, all of a sudden um, male fans of sports teams become fashion experts. To be fair, we're the ones buying the gear. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. I mean, I am fully in this part of, 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 uh, of my own critique. I'm just saying, it is funny. Um, man, this is going to be something like they definitely thought well first of all this leaked way beforehand and everyone shit on it and the rams were like nah they'll love it when we actually put it out this is just them hating on it they'll love it when we put this out for real and didn't think maybe we should try try again maybe we should try option two we had and just see it it's it's, to, what, it's just whatever to your point like it is kind of surprising how many at least baseball teams i'm not sure about other teams but i really wouldn't be surprised if it was other teams too mm-hmm. uh, where their name was chosen because of a fan vote like it sounds yeah. like a cop-out but think about it if your fans are the ones who are going to be like supporting the team and buying your shit buying your tickets buying your jerseys buying your hats and jackets and all that other shit maybe you want them to like the logo um like let them vote on it honestly it's it saves you guys a ton of work doesn't it oh yeah and 
you know what? Why not have it be where you have a fan contest and whoever designs the best logo gets to have the logo for the team. You could literally set this up so easily where you're getting the best option that the fans vote for and universally love and you get it for fucking free. It it yeah. it's so simple. Or in exchange for like a, a one year season tickets, which again costs a team nothing. Nothing. Uh, it costs them way less than some than like a marketing department would. And to even lean into how easy this could be, like if you're LA, you could be like submit your logo to like a design team that we have of UCLA students. And like mm-hmm. the UCLA UCLA students will like make your logo into a reality. And then you have an easy cooperative effort with a local college slash university there, which might also help with your recruiting efforts. Who knows? But uh, like it, there's so many better ways of doing it, right? A hundred percent. It drives me nuts, man. It just drives me nuts. It really does. It feels like one of those common sense things, but fucking oh well. Um, <laughs> what else we got? You want to talk about other things? Um, yeah, so I'm already forgetting what we texted each other about talking about today. Oh, so the NFL did formally announce that they're going to be doing the draft um, online. It will be virtual and all of the, I don't actually, I'm going to redact that. I don't know if it's all, but a large chunk of the proceeds will be going to charities that sponsor uh, COVID-19 relief efforts and fundraising efforts, which is very good on their part. Um, what do you think about the whole thing? I think it's a very good solution to this. Um, I know NFL teams are freaking out about not only making sure it's it's fair, making sure there's no technical difficulties. They're concerned about letting IT people into their houses, possibly spreading the disease. IT people are concerned about going into these houses and possibly getting sick. Um, There was a lot of concern about being able to complete trades on time when everyone is so spread out. Um, There's a lot that can go wrong here. Um, I just, I can't wait for a team to lose connection and to miss a pick. I think it's almost guaranteed that a team misses a pick here just something goes wrong or some incorrect player is picked. Um, Like, you know, we've seen this in our own fantasy drafts where someone wants to draft David Johnson running back out of, well, now Houston, and someone selects Pittsburgh tight end David Johnson instead because people are stupid. They make simple mistakes. It's very easy to fuck something up on the computer, and it's it's – a lot easier to write down exactly what you want and have it be on that card where someone knows what should be going on that card and you're not just selecting a seemingly random name out of a list. Um, I feel like they're going to have to give teams more time uh, per pick just because this could easily be a just uh, an unstoppable rolling stone where a team that loses connection isn't able to get on for 40 minutes because that's what happens sometimes, especially, you know, especially with big corporations where tech guys 
probably aren't going to be at the houses of the GMs. They might be at, they might not be. I don't know how these teams are going to run it. It could easily be a thing where a team might not even have a first round pick because so much shit gets fucked up. Um, I'm guarantee the NFL is thinking of all these things and are doing everything in their power to be able to mitigate the risk of all that. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of workarounds and there's a lot more information that they will announce before the draft that will be changes to help calm these fears and just make this a, an easier process for everyone involved. But I am just wildly intrigued by how this is going to work out because this could be one of the, the, I don't want to say funniest, but this could just be a shit show. And I'm so excited. Um, I've, you know, my final thought on it is I really hope they spread it out where it's like one round per day because it would allow these teams to, you know, when they can't have a war room, be able to communicate more and be able to be on the same page. And because we got nothing else to do, and if we could have a week of drafting, that would be really fucking awesome. I think the way the NFL should do this is all GMs write down like, I don't know, they 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 rank from one to one hundred all the players that they would have drafted, and then Goodell just goes through in the draft order and goes like, you know, oh, so so and so got picked first, so he's gone, and he crosses that name off of everyone's list, right. and then if it gets to you and like your top three players are gone, then it's just number four it is. You drafted Jimmy Butler. I don't know who NFL draft players are. And Jimmy Butler plays their different sport. Uh, but yeah, that way everyone's upset. And also has players. And and there you go. Um, what if we just put every player's name in a hat and just drew it random? So instead of the Bengals getting Joe Burrow first overall, they get um, fucking Chris Armstrong, who is projected to go in the sixth round. That would be really fucking funny. I think I think that they should have all the names written in a huge circle, right? However many, however big a circle needs to be to fit all the names of everyone being drafted. And they give and every name, every name has a light bulb next to it, and all the GMs at their respective homes have a little 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 button and uh, mm -hmm. the light just spins in a circle, and whenever you want a player, you just push the button. <laughs> and whatever, whatever player, the, his name is lit up when you push the button, you draft that guy. <laughs> um, what if it's the same scenario with, like, every player gets a spot on a board, and then there's, like, every pick or every round, whatever it may be, teams can put in the name of one player that they want to take that round and based on draft order if there's you know two teams that put in for joe burrow in round one the team with the lower draft pick gets him and the higher guy gets nothing so Ooh. 32 teams are putting in names that they're trying to grab and the strategy is all right put in a name that no one else is going to go for if you're you know a higher level team and just teams could get absolutely fucked over. So, like, 
the Redskins and the Bengals both put in for Joe Burrow in the first round. The Bengals get him because they're one draft slot lower. And then the Bang or the Redskins who have the second overall pick get fucking nothing. Uh so I love that. Um you're right. It, it's going to have to be a huge chunk of time in between in between picks. I could see them conceive. The thing is, though, if you if you do that and you add a huge chunk of time between picks, it no longer becomes a fun thing to watch on TV, uh, which is a big deal. Like eight minutes between picks. Is that what round one is? Six uh, minutes? I, eight minutes? Like, I honestly think it's like 15. It's is it like really 15 10 or it's like 10 or 15 minutes it's something oh, you really know what ridiculous. you're right it's long so let, let's let's highball and say it's 15 that's a lot of time but like usually the first yeah five picks go by pretty quick because people know who they want you know and if anything does take too long it's usually because there's a trade being discussed which is exciting ten minutes. uh 10 minutes okay so like 10 minutes it's it's a long time but it, it moves relatively quickly and it's the main event so like you're seeing names that you've been hearing about a lot and gives the commentators who are talking about each of these guys and each of these teams, a lot of stuff to say in between picks. But if you honestly, I'd say you probably might have to double or even triple it 20, 30 minutes between picks. That's a long time. That would be unbearable to watch. Exactly. And I do think it's probably necessary because you have a longer chain of communication that now needs to be rung with more, Mm -hmm you know, obstacles that they're going to present themselves. It's just going to make it more challenging. So giving everyone a lot more time, I think is not only sensible, but fair and just, it also makes it way less interesting as a, as an entertainment problem. So I do wonder how they're going to run it because if they want to maintain the timeline that they currently have, at least with like the number of days, then I wonder just how they're going to break everything up. Because if you told me day three is like, ah, they went from three minute per pick to like 12 minutes per pick. Um, I still am not going to watch it. Uh, and no one cares. And you just haven't run all day. But uh, I'm still going to watch every pick. <laughs> I know who you are. But like, I usually watch round one. And if it's 30 minutes a pick, I mean, granted, I have nothing to do right now. Like, I very much so could just put it on the background, but it that, that becomes a lot more of a commitment with a lot less interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just I forgot that I didn't take off of work for that weekend, and I'm now panicking to make sure that I can do that in time because if I have to work while the draft is going on, I may quit. I may quit my job. Um. But yeah, so Roger Goodell did come out and say yesterday that they're going to be doing a mock draft with all 32 teams. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. I really hope that they let people either be a part of it, like watch it, or at least give us the information on how it works so that we as fans also know what the fuck's going to happen and how it's going to go. Um, I hope they also use fake player names or previous drafts, because if not, that seems highly problematic. Uh, 
Yeah, I was thinking about that. I feel like the best way to do it would just be using a past year's draft. Like, just use the players from last year. Yeah, some, something like um, that, because it would be very problematic to have NFL's quote-unquote mock draft the 2020 <laughs> NFL draft. Um, to each other that would be public. truly amazing. Um, just because... I would love to see the kind of psychological warfare teams would use to trick teams into not knowing or, you know, faking other teams out about who they're going to pick. Um, I could easily see some of the, uh, I'll say stupider teams straight up, just picking who they're going to pick and making it super oh, yeah. obvious. And oh, then just yeah. smarter teams, just, just ramming their dicks in their ass and just fucking them over. Oh man, this uh, to make light of just how horrible the world is right now. Like this is going to be the highlight of my year. Just the shit show that's going to be the end. I can't wait. I'm going to get fucking plastered, and I'm so happy. Do you think the NFL is loving this lack of sports right now? Because when their season starts people are probably going to flock to the stadiums having not spent any money on sporting events all season. Um, I feel like they're vocally freaking out and they probably are concerned, but you know, like I don't want to say the back of their head, but like right behind all the concern is like, we're going to fucking make all the money in the goddamn world this year. Let's fucking go. Like they are, they are totally happy that they are just going to be the first major sports. At this point, I assume they're going to be the first major sports league to come back. Um, they're going to make so much money. They're going to just be able to print money this year. Um, you know what's crazy is that the draft is probably going to be the first televised kind uh, sports league content that is new. Oh, absolutely. We'll be out for like two months because everything the NHL, NBA, and MLB are showing right now, like they are showing content, but it's all old games and shit. Like the draft will be the first thing where it's like, hey, this is sports related and is not a rerun. Yeah, like this is real, dude. This is actually going on. Yeah, that's actually kind of wild. These like the ratings that the draft is going to get this year are going to be astronomical. It's going to be like mass finale type now because there's going to be nothing else for any sport train to watch. Damn. That's not, I didn't, I didn't even think about that until just now. That's fucking nuts. Dude. Do you imagine what like opening weekends for like the first sporting event out of like, depending on what it is, like if the first football game televised is you know, let's say opening weekend or the Hall of Fame game for the NFL. That's going to be honestly probably on par with the Super Bowl for how many people are going to watch it. Because what else is there to watch? Like people are just going to be so desperate for sports. If there was televised peewee hockey right now, I would form a diehard allegiance to a team. I mean, like betting all my money on it. Oh, dude, I would ice in my veins like full throated screaming at my television watching seven year old play hockey. Like, Mm -hmm. give me something. Tibetan monks playing basketball. I don't care. Like, I'll watch anything. 
for competitional purposes right now. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I, I've been watching a bunch of just scouting film lately, and that's been hitting my fix. But it's not the same. Like, it's nice because it's prepping for the draft that's coming up, but at the same time, it's it's not the same as watching real football. And it's going to hit differently this year, for sure. I know what I'm going to say I'm thankful for come uh, come Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. I know, like, half the world died, the economy's in shambles, you know. We're now, there's now six pandemics that are coming that have branched out of this, but Thank God I got shit to do on the weekends now watching football. So I'm thankful for that. Love it. Um, anything else we wanted to talk about for today? Um, I did have one other thing I wanted to bring up, but we could go more into that closer to the draft. All right, then I won't even ask. I'll, we'll save it for later. Oh, we'll spread picks. out this content. Oh, that's right. Movie picks movie picks that's our intro song corwin can you can you clip that and play that every time we do movie <laughs> picks every week movie uh, picks <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll see uh what are you choosing for your weekend film for monday's episode so i feel like it was nice having a film that you had seen before and were able to give a more you know I don't want to say in depth, but like you, you experience it again. You're able to see more to it, the, you know, deeper things. Um, so I went with something I know you've seen and I am ashamed to say I have never seen. That is also very fitting for what we're all going through right now. Uh, being trapped in the house uh, all day, every day for weeks on end, months on end at some point. Uh, the Shining. Ah, good choice. Good choice. I have lots of opinions. Ooh, that's good. I have no uh, opinions because I've never seen it. Well, it's Stanley Kubrick, so I think you will very at the very least enjoy the filmmaking of it. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope. Uh there's a lot of great choices on this list that um we, you sent me that I'm I'm I was hoping to make a game time decision and I had just kind of decided and um now I'm revisiting the list and f- it's hard. Uh, I will then go with the death of Stalin. Ooh. Love that nice. movie. Would love to uh, watch it. I've seen maybe 30 minutes of it. Oh, um, so good. But I was mm, inebriated at the time and I don't remember much of anything. So I'm very um, looking forward to looking to seeing it again. We will certainly discuss it uh, at the, the the scene I'm about to mention, and you will see this scene when you watch it. But my favorite scene of the movie it doesn't spoil anything. But I'm so feel free to listen w- without worrying about anything. Is Michael Palin taking a shit while they're threatening to kill a high-ranking Russian official, and then just <laughs> yeah, just just fucking taking a shit. Just he's just there, like he was like we're in a bathroom. And just like, I'm going to go poop. And then he does. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Um, also, great to see Michael Palin in things. Uh, Michael Palin of Monty Python fame. Doesn't do a lot anymore. So it was nice to see him. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so I don't know when in. we're recording it because time is a flat circle. And I don't know what day it is today. So I, whenever we record it, 
every day. Yeah, Friday. pretty much. So yeah, we'll. Uh, I guess we'll record on Sunday again. That's been a thing recently. Sure. Give ourselves time. Sure, 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 sure. All right. Anything else for today? Uh, no. Okay. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingNumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.